0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town. Although, in that case, one earphone only. Safety kids. Safety kids.
1: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end, Logan Paulson, and former Commanders beat reporter, Craig Hoffman.
0: Welcome in, Take Command Podcast, post-game edition. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you, Commanders, go down at the buzzer in seattle 29 26 uh, if there's one thing for me to be happy about logan it's that i predicted it would be a three-point seattle win uh as people might be able to tell from the sound of my voice that is not bring, or the tenor of my voice that is not bringing me a whole lot of joy there's a lot to talk about from this game we'll do our best in about 30 minutes here uh, and then obviously we'll dive deep into the tape coming up on uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, that podcast will be out Tuesday afternoon slash Wednesday morning, depending on if you're talking about audio or video. Uh, but Logan, like, I'm just gonna leave it open-ended. Like, final whistle blows, you've already done post-game uh, on, on the team site uh, with with their stuff. Like. Where, where does your mind go with this one? Because uh, there's plenty of areas to be frustrated, plenty of areas probably to look at and be like, hey, they actually did a good job in that. Yeah. Thing. But where do you where where why do they lose the game ultimately?
1: So it's interesting, like when I watch these games and when I compare them to what we watched last year, you know, we, we've talked a lot of football, me and you over the last three years. And I think one of the things that is 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 nice for me on some level is that this team is a competitive football team. Like they're in every game and they're not in a game where it's like, oh, they get a late score and they're still down by seven. They get a late score and they're in the game. And so I know that's not like exactly, you know, lighting people's hair on fire, but I think this is a more competitive product week in and week out than it has been the last couple of years. Now that's not super exciting, but I think that there's some validity to that. And I think ultimately like what I try to like empathize with from a fan standpoint is like, why don't they come out the other end of these games with a win? Right. And so I just try to look at it high level right after the game. And the thing that comes to me is, like, you know, I think defensively, I know they gave up, like, 498 yards of total offense. And I know that that's a huge number. But I also feel like when you look at the, the box score, when you look at kind of the game flow, what sticks out to me is that I thought they played well enough to win, which is going to sound insane. I, I know that sounds crazy. but like I mean, they when played, you lose
0: by three, like, by definition, you're kind
1: of in it. Uh, so there's that. But I thought they, they did enough – you know they I think uh what was the third down percentage for um I and mean, they're four Seattle. Seattle was only four of fourteen on third down. Yeah four of fourteen which is what you needed to do. I felt like the really big deciding factor for the defense quite honestly was that explosive play to Walker. You know like it was yeah. that was the turning point in the game. And you know we talked about it a lot and I was just going through my notes after the game and you know the first field goal they have is there's a nineteen completion nineteen yard completion to DK Metcalf, right? Um prior to that there's a 16 yard completion. So they got these two explosive chunks them down for field goals right and those both those come on first down it's not like it's third and whatever it's like the first down efficiency for them was was big and that's what we talked about on the pregame show was just managing their explosive plays and i think on the whole you look at and you say they did a pretty good job of managing explosives until the walker run and then there's that drive there's the the last drive of the game for seattle where lockett has a 20-yard completion which is an explosive play which leads to points and then there's that sequence of penalties by benjamin st juice and there was, a, it was Benjamin Just holding, and then there was like an illegal something on the field. Like there was a sequence uh, had, of penalties. 12
0: in the huddle, yeah.
1: Right. So I, I look at it and I say, man, you know, like that's pretty frustrating. So then why why did the defense give up so many points having played kind of a competitive down? And we could talk about, saying Juice and Fuller and how the Seattle receivers kind of got after what I would say kind of got after our DBs. But ultimately, like they were in competitive positions. There weren't any big coverage busts. Outside of the one Walker play, which is kind of what we were calling for, and we under, and I think I think both of us kind of fund, fundamentally understand at this point that they're not they're not like a, a world-beating defense. They they can be a solid defense, correct? And I thought there were shades of solid defense today, minus three or four plays. And like even after the fumble, even after Sam's fumbled, like they forced Seattle to go three and out there, and they get they zero did. points. So yeah. they did some big big boy stuff this game. So for me, what's 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 the difference? And I say offensively, there was probably. I think that was, let me think if I can remember, it was probably five or six drives where it's either ending in a punt or a field goal where they could have just put a stranglehold on this game. And they just didn't do it. And, I, and I, I'm an offensively biased person. Like I'm an offensive player. I'm an offensive coach. I, I look at it through an offensive lens and I'm sorry. But I, I say, if they wanted to win this game, they could have, they could have taken hold of this game more demonstratively early and said, we're going to sustain drives. We're going to get first downs. We're going to score touchdowns not field goals and put this thing in the bag and that's probably confusing and somewhat confounding for fans to hear but that's that's how i look at it i thought that that to me is the difference because i think ultimately Se- seattle runs 15 more offensive plays than um than the commanders which is a significant amount of plays that's uh
0: 13 more but close 74 right. 61 uh the right. final tally
1: which is a significant amount of offensive plays. Yes. Like that's a, that's a drive that could be two drives depending on how many explosives are in there. So I look at that. and I'm like that. That's where the discrepancy lies for me, and that's where you offensively have not held up your end of the bargain. Because that number, even in bad games, should be pretty close offensively. It's you know 68, 67, 65, and obviously that's not the case. So yeah. um, to me, that to me that's the deciding factor. And I, and so, I know that's not exactly the, the the most exciting thing to hear of all time.
0: No, and fans are going to be upset. And I'm going to quell some of their upsetness here for a moment because I'm going to make us focus on the defense for a second and make sure. a few points. But yeah. I will say before we do that, by and large, I agree with you because that second and third quarter offensively is not good enough for where this team has been operating. And you don't even have to score. Like, you just have to possess the ball a right. little bit more and play a little bit better field position. Um, but we'll, we'll circle back to the offense in a moment. To me, as I've kind of... Come to grips with this defense, and now we're at a point where we can't be like, "Whoa, we're only early in the season. We have to see what they do." Like, yeah. we know what they are, and that what they are is deficient in certain spots from a personnel standpoint, and that's why I think sometimes we wind up talking more offenses. We just accept the defense for what they are and who they yeah. are. I even thought Jack like did a good job making adjustments in the game. Like, I love that today. he started yep. bringing pressure, and people are like, "Ah, Del Rio sucks. Why don't we talk about him instead of talking about Eb's play calling?" It's like. I thought Del Rio actually did a pretty good job today. The problem is his guys can't play um, at least well enough to beat a team like Seattle Mm -hmm. on a day like today. Um, And it's not that they're terrible football players, but I I think that this team does not have guys on that side of the ball who finish plays and specifically in the secondary. And it's why they drafted Forbes and uh, that call to eject him is hellacious. I used a different word on, um, on, uh, on Twitter, Twitter. but uh, I, I won't say that word here. Uh, that way William <laughs> doesn't have to bleep stuff. Uh, but that was terrible. It's 100% a penalty. Ejecting him for that is an absolute joke. So you mm. lose him, uh, which obviously affects a lot of stuff, but ultimately like Benjamin St. Just has now for years on end, been the same guy who's in position and can't finish a play. I think also another problem for them today is there's no turnovers forced. And like yeah. you wanna get off the field you got to force some and they don't. And, you know, in big spots, there's a lack of attention to detail. Seattle gets four first downs from penalties on Washington mm-hmm. in this game. Like, that is how you lose football games defensively. And so, yes, they have some players that are very, very good. Absolutely. But there is a lack of attention to detail and an inability to finish plays that has plagued this defense. Not just this year, but to an extent for four years. And that is going to be ultimately why you're probably going to have a new defensive staff next year. Um, and I don't say that like, oh, hooray, cool, firing people. Like, it's, it's, no. these are human beings. But like, realistically, well, the way that the data is trending, you don't get to be one of the worst point production defenses in the NFL and, and continue forward. That is the nature of this league, unfortunately. And I think if they could help themselves out, with finishing plays creating turnovers making sure that you don't get in the on the wrong end of yet another poster having dk metcalf do your your lockdown celebration in your face on consecutive like third fourth down type of situations that's that's how you win in this league and unfortunately i just don't think and like i'll, I'll even add another one right like percy butler percy's a fantastic athlete He's been great on teams for them for the last couple of years. He's fine in a spot as a third rotational safety. But when he's out there playing starters minutes, like you see some of the deficiencies, you see why he was a later round pick despite that athleticism. The missed tackle on the Walker play, like that's Percy's tackle to make. And that's yep. the second straight week, they've given up a 64-yard touchdown to an opposing running back on something that Percy Butler, while others in front of him, made mistakes to let it get there, which is an important thing to point out, ultimately is the last line of defense and can't, finish the play and I think that's the theme defensively where schematically like you actually go hats off to the coaches these guys are in good positions they're there to make the plays they got to make them and at some point that's on the players and I think you know we've seen enough volume at this point to go I don't know that these are the players that are going to do that and it's up to them to prove us wrong and, and improve over the next eight weeks or whatever however many weeks we got left at this point seven
1: Yeah, and I you know, to be fair to Percy obviously he misses the tackle there. I thought this was one of his more consistent football games. Like he did yeah, some made, stuff. made some, some, some other some, plays. Some other stuff. And obviously, like I'd like to reserve kind of final judgment for the for the film breakdown. And I and, you know, you said something and I think there's a lot of truth to it while we were kinda of getting ready for this segment, you know, with regards to uh, Saint Juice. And I think Saint Juice is a good football player. I think he's in good position. I think he yep. understands route concepts, like all those things are really important. Like he, he draws the toughest matchup every single week for a reason. And you said, well, like he's probably not a true one, like a guy that can just sustain that over the course of the year. And I think when you look at how this team was built and the expectation, I think was probably that Forbes was gonna be the true one and draw some more of those tougher matchups. And St. Juice then you say, oh, he can be the nickel and Fuller can be the other corner. And then all of a sudden the dynamic totally shifts. And you know, I think we're talking about St. Juice and Fuller and Forbes in a much different way. If if they got the development from Forbes early, now that's not to be super critical of Forbes, but he hasn't developed the way that I think that they um, they had hoped initially. And that's not that's just an assumption. I don't I haven't talked to him in the building about it for sure. Um, but I think that that's that changes the dynamic of that group. And so for for St. Juice to kind of consistently draw these really 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 tough matchups every week and then lead the league and past breakups like obviously there's a certain level of production there but to your point because he's in tight position he always ends up on the poster and you know like it's it's kind of a high leverage situation at the end of the game and he gives up too and that's i'm sure he would tell you he's got to be better and you know he's right there he's in the pocket of the guy and he gets the p the pi i think is the other one that i would kind of call attention to which is yeah. a little bit unfortunate because i feel like um i feel like the timing of geno smith kind of disrupting his drop there, disrupts disrupted St. Jude's break on the ball and it leads to a PI. So, it's not and he almost opinion, played it
0: too well. Like that is correct. that is yeah. unlucky, but like at the end of the day, he's there early and Yeah, you know, and I'm like, not what that. do you want him to do? It's like I I don't know, but like it's PI. Like and and if that happened to Terry, like we'd all be like that's got to get called.
1: And I'm not saying that that's not a penalty. I'm just saying right. like it's a little bit there is some context for that and you know like you said he's got to make the play ultimately and i think he would tell you the same thing i'm 100 positive uh but i I think that that that's where you kind of say like this is something we were concerned about coming into the game is knowing that there was um these three horsemen on the other side these three horses who were kind of the most dynamic receiving group that they've seen since philly and um they played like it they played good football today and i think um that's that's got to be a point of frustration for for the defense is and I think that's the other thing is like, despite that, despite that, you know, this is a competitive football game, you know, and I, that, that's, that's the tough thing I'm having a hard time reconciling here. Cause I feel like if the offense, like you said, had been a little bit more, um, able to sustain drives, but on the field a little bit longer, possess the football a little bit better and, and finish, uh, finish drives. I don't think this is even a conversation. I just think when you give an offense like that, that's that explosive and that dynamic, more bites at the apple. Like that's what happens when you have explosive playmakers. That's 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 what happens when you get Walker touches a ton is that he's gonna he's going to make a play. DK Metcalf will make a play at some point if you give him more opportunities. And they gave this offense 15 more opportunities at the apple. Now, or 13 more opportunities. Now that's a defense. They got to get off the field, but I feel like ultimately Craig and you can stop me if you disagree, they did. I mean they did a good job on third down of making plays when they had to and I don't know, it, it is a frustrating outcome, but I think what I what I kind of hearken back to is that I, despite this being very frustrating for me and frustrating for fans, I think that this team is, there's a competitiveness here because of the quarterback that gets you excited. Yes, And that is he true. Could, he could have played better tonight. I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. They could have maybe called a better game, whatever that is. And that's something for the Tuesday pod to kind of break down what exactly is going on there. Um, but I think they're, the competitive nature of this team is something that I'm excited about. Like they're in a game with Seattle who last year I would have said no chance. And this year, like, well, Sam's playing good ball. Evie's calling good football games. Maybe there's a shot. And look, and lo and behold, despite kind of a poor offensive production for two quarters of this game, they're in it in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the football right. game. Right. They I still think,
0: scored 26. Like, yeah. you know, there's right. there's plenty there. I, I think, you know, to wrap up the defense, um, one thing, uh, by the way, that I'm, I'm – curious to look at on tape um I feel like the game changed a little bit when James went out I feel like they were kind of continuing Seattle doing a good job and I think Obata had a had a rough one um, I felt like there was multiple times where I was yelling at the TV like where are you going bro um and some of those runs that get out and like some of that stuff uh ha- happened towards fa side we'll see if that that holds true on tape some, sometimes that's really hard to see often it's really hard to see on TV but kind of a stick a pin in it we'll come back to it Tuesday but also, like, we're 94-93. Um, you know, can, mm. can those two get a dominant game this year? Like, that is what you're paying them for. That is how they played last year, and it just hasn't been. And maybe that's the something same. we should dive deeper on, on on a tape of, like, why have those two been so seeming relatively to what they're capable of and what we saw previous years quiet this season? Um, we can dive into that perhaps on Tuesday um anything else uh on the defense and we kind of talked about Jack real quick but I I actually you know we talked during the week like do you play soft shell coverage and try to be conservative or do you heat Gino up and I thought heating him he did up both. Um, he did both yeah second half they really like we're like screw this we're, we're heating him up and I think they did a really good job I think that was a great adjustment and it shows you that you have some more tricks in your bag potentially moving forward um but ultimately Know, not enough, and I, I guess here would be my, my last thing on the defense. And this might be a, a much better Tuesday topic, and maybe even this is what we do take five on on Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. um, first first thing to come out. That last two minute drive, like, yeah. I, that's, I know it's a tough spot, but like, what are you, what are you doing there? That you know, you know, field goal is what they got to get, and and it just there's no resistance. Um, it felt like a foregone conclusion, and that's that's not
1: good. And it'll be interesting to look at that because I think. They had a pressure that they had brought twice in that game and they had cam Crowell as a free runner both times and i felt like they brought that pressure for the third time right there and they picked it up and so then you get st mm. juice in a spot where he's defending like essentially a post um in a zero situation with no underneath help and that again like i don't want to sound like i'm defending st juice but in that situation that's a tough freak there's spot that's a tough look and he's there he's in position right, right. but it's and you want
0: to force like you want to keep outside leverage you want to force that middle so they have to burn a timeout or the clock keeps running like he plays it on the right side of it it's just like it's it's a one-on-one drill with a two-way go like it's if the pressure doesn't make challenge to throw like that's a that's a tough and i, and I, and I think assignment. that's the
1: thing about that last play specifically it's like that i like the call maybe you went to the well one too many times with that pressure and then you're putting your corner in a tough spot versus a good football player a guy who's big and you can win one-on-one and shoot like that's the result and so um you know i thought another thing that showed up for me from the defense is the play action stuff Uh, i thought uh seattle did a really good job with that in terms of creating pockets and i I will say i thought the rush you know everyone's going to be all hot about montez and chase being gone and not getting any pressures but i thought the rush has been actually comparable to when chase and, and those guys yeah, were here it wasn't
0: and, spectacular when they were here
1: yeah and i think that they've been pretty consistent you know and james has been creating pressure i thought casey had some nice pressures um i feel like when i watched john and casey work together they seem to be more on the same page and you're getting a more dynamic and assertive john allen and obviously like we got to look at his production and see where he's at but i think that's all good stuff i thought Jamin davis showed up big time today um, in, in, some, in some spots. Uh, obviously, the Tyler Lockett play is like right over his outstretched hands. I don't know how you play that really any better. Maybe you got to get deeper. Maybe when I watch the film, I'll be able to give you better insight. But from a run standpoint, I thought he was very physical if it runs well. Um, and, you know, obviously, that's that's just kind of high-level stuff. He had 10 tackles. He's going to flash. And then Cam Krill, I thought, did a good job kind of being where they needed to be. But, again, we'll we'll see how that all looks on the All-22. But it's, it's frustrating to me because I do feel like, the defense has been the most is consistent, the right word, Craig. This has been the best they've played recently in terms of not allowing just those free runners down the middle of the field. And that's yeah. something that I wanted to see. So I saw it. So I'm kind of happy with it, you know, because they're right. They're, there's not coverage busts, right? But they right. still lose the football game and it's still not good enough to win. So I think that's the thing where I'm kind of negotiating it as a fan of the team yeah. and someone who watches the team a lot is like they Jack called a pretty good game. I thought they were competitive for the majority of the game and it wasn't good enough. And I think, and I just look back to that. I I think that's the conclusion, right? It's like,
0: it's just, I don't think right now the players um, are good enough, which is not good for a side of the ball that you've invested much of your capital in uh, over the course of your tenure. If you're Ron Rivera, that is reflective at this point um, and is, is something that he's going to have to reconcile uh, at the end of the season when he sits down with Josh Harris and you know, the, the future of the franchise is decided. On the offensive side of the football, um, what a fr- what a like spectacularly frustrating game because you see the potential of this offense, man. When they are clicking, they look so good. And I think I think you know maybe we should have started here um, just as like a point to make before we get into the defense stuff. Like if the season truly is about, if we zoom all the way out and be like, how good is Sam Howell? And the most important thing is deciding if this dude's the guy. The meter is continually ticking towards. He's the guy and he again showed the moxie, the arm talent, the, the clutch ability, the moments, never too big for him. Like all of the stuff that you love about Sam Howell, was present again in this game. The question is what is missing to turn that into wins. And I think today um, I certainly look at the play calling um, as kind of a complimentary football thing that I think we should talk about. Mm. But before we even get to that, like the best players on this team offensively are supposed to be the wide receivers. And they were totally and wholly absent today. And I know that is almost impossible to tell exactly why on, on TV versus on film with the All-22, but that uh, that seems like a large factor in their their second and third quarter slogs in the middle of this game.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, they were – obviously, you're kind of going off a handful of plays, but you look at Terry's matchup with Tyreek Woolen and Tyreek kind of – You know, I think the length and the size there was a little bit of an issue for Terry and a little bit of issue for Sam, like just kind of working that relationship in terms of targets, right? Um, Obviously, Tyreek Woolen on Jahan, I thought, you know, that was a matchup I didn't love, but I think in the handful of clips that we did get to see, um, that was a matchup that definitely favored Tyreek. I thought um, Witherspoon was dynamic and athletic and physical and fast to the football. And I just felt like in terms of the side of the ball that brought it, Seattle's DBs showed you why that they're they're one of the better groups collectively in the NFL. And um, and I think you also kind of saw how that front marries with the back end and how it was kind of always disrupting Sam. And I, I, because you know, quite frankly, like when you look across at at both defensive secondaries, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, but I think you see kind of just how Seattle's was a little bit more effective. The rush was a little bit more effective for Seattle. And as a result, the defense was a little bit more efficient. And um, I think that to me was was a little bit surprising. I thought the uh, the receivers for Washington would be able to, to be a little bit more effective in that matchup, but unfortunately they weren't. And that's something obviously we'll be able to tell as we watch more film and we be able to see because there, there was a period of the game, I want to say it was like midway through the third quarter, where Mark Sanchez was like, oh, Sam just can't see the mid level of the field. And if that's true, then that's something that you know we got to look at and we got to tell you guys it, on Tuesday. It does feel like there was
0: pressure up the middle a lot. Like yeah. you know, we talked about with Larson and Paul, maybe the pockets a little bit more stout. It did not feel that way today. And Sam did a good job of like moving around a little bit and finding some throwing like it, it, there was a couple plays where it felt like and Sanchez I think did a pretty good job of highlighting this where he'd be like, I know that guy is supposed to be there. And like the play to, to Logan Thomas is a great example, right? He's like, I know where this receiver is going to be I can't see him. He's going to be here now. How do I slide around this end and then create a throwing lane? That way there is an angle for me to get the ball where it's supposed to be relatively on time. And you improvise, you adapt, you overcome. That's great. But also it'd be helpful if obviously the offensive line gave up uh, a little less pressure um, and made life a little bit easier or a lot easier for Sam.
1: That's something we'll be able to see a little bit more, but you know, like there's the, the Wiley pressure that he gives up to Boye Mafe on the Gibson touchdown. Where Gibson kind of, you know, he's running the corner on Bobby yep. Wagner, yep. and his arm gets and it looks like Sam's arm gets hit, or he's kind of falling away from the throw, you know. And also, I thought that, and again, this is high level, and we got to watch more of this uh, for Tuesday. But the uh, the other thing that really stuck out to me was I felt like they did a much better job, Seattle, did, of being aggressive with the quick game stuff, like mm-hmm. very aggressive at the line of scrimmage, and there's not an immediate place to go with the football and that was challenging because that stuff's been there for him the past couple of weeks. And it's really elevated Sam and elevated his opportunities. And I just think you saw, we, we talked a lot about the team speed of Seattle and how that might be problematic. And I think you saw it be a little bit of an issue on some of the screens, on some of the runs, it looks like there's space and, you know, someone grabs a foot and then it ends up being a two yard gain. You're like, how did that happen? How'd they close that space so much? And I think it was the same thing a little bit in the back end. So obviously that's something we got to check out, but, um, I think that that was probably the most disappointing thing because like we 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 both know that they're not going to run the football a ton that's not who they want to be
0: but like can
1: you run it a little
0: bit more right like that's the
1: thing that's killing me it's just i mean even on the drive
0: where they score the touchdown right right there bro (laughs) it's just like it just doesn't have to be here's the thing right we have data and we have analytics to tell you like passing is the way to score the football uh or to to score in the nfl Right, like we know this and there's there's going to always be a high level of desire to pass the football accordingly and like he he being EB comes from the Andy Reid uh not just tree but like from Andy Reid yeah, who directly. Andy was one of the big guys uh starting in the late 90s to be like we've got to pass the football and we can use screens and we can use quick game and all this stuff is extension of the running game and like we can get some of the the things that we like from the running game but the whole history of the league also tells you that you do like teams that run the football a lot win. And it's not just like the, oh, they're winning. So they run the football at the end to run out the clock. Like statistically sure. But like there is there are so many of the best teams that we've ever seen in this league. So many dominant teams. Every year when you look at the teams that are still around in January, like they can run the football and they do. And the, the percentages might change and i'm not advocating for like 50-50 here i'm advocating for not 70-30 and i think that the the problem is there is a uh, something that maybe eventually someone will figure out a formula for and maybe like a eugene shen uh, hopefully for the commander's sake someone who is one of the best analytics people in the sport can somehow quantify this but there is a, a an impact on the defense that your offense has by being efficient and, and also just like Maybe this is like the personal trainer nerd in me, but there's like a rest to work ratio that we're talking about here and you just need to bleed some of the clock and mm. because they're going, you know, so inefficiently offensively in that second and third corner, there is an effect on the defense that it wears down and the clock is stopped and, and then you go back and you have to play more and you wind up facing almost 70 plays and there is just a complementary nature that is undeniable. When you look at the league. And I don't think they have that. Not to mention the drive where they score with all the running back stuff. It's four runs. And then EB goes straight back to passes. And luckily it works out. They score. But it's like, dude, you just got like real chunk yardage. Where was that the rest of the game? They ultimately average 4-9 a carry. And, and yeah. even if you take away Sam's big scramble where he has the fumble, but he picks up yardage first, like you're still way over four and a half. So, like, they can do this. It is effective. it does help you. Just please do it like 4% more often and I think that you would have a better chance of winning. That's my that's my rant, that's my gripe. that's
1: my frustration <laughs> Yeah I mean I don't I don't disagree with what you said there. I, I, I go back to what we've talked about. We've talked about this before and I just think they're not they're not built for it. they're, they're not designed for it. They don't invest the time in it. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah do it more. And that's not who they are. And I understand you need to do it to a certain extent, obviously, because, like, of the stuff you're talking about. And it's interesting, like, when you're calling a game, you know, and I'm not calling it the same way that, that EB's calling it at this level, but when you're calling a game, it does stuff for you. It puts you in a better position offensively. It creates a, a a consternation in safeties. It creates a consternation in linebackers. It creates conflict. And ultimately, as an offensive coordinator, that's what you're trying to do. And I understand DB, EB does a great job of that with the passing game, the passing concepts, the motion, the sweeps. All that stuff but it's just another layer you know it's just another layer of of decision and thinking that the defense needs to uh kind of contend with and also the other thing is it versus good football teams versus a team like seattle if you can possess the ball you know i'm a big believer in possessing the football holding the football for long periods of time part of that is just being able to run the football effectively because you don't need your quarterback making these decisions down in and down out the, the way that you know sometimes happens when you're in this like 70 30 split but I think I think the thing is, EB like you can just tell he doesn't like at this moment he doesn't have a great feel for like when and how to call this and, and intermix it with his vision of the offense and that's going to take time. You know we've given Sam a lot of grace regarding kind of his development and I think this is something that EB will be will get better at will kind of have a better understanding for and and improve it as he goes because like you see it kind of. It kind of goes in this cyclical nature. Like he'll run the ball a little bit more. They'll be a little bit more efficient. Then he'll kind of get away from it because you can tell this is what he wants to do. This is where he feels comfortable as a play caller. But he's the first year play caller. This is his ninth ninth game, tenth game, calling yeah. offensive. You know, for for Washington, call like where it's his show completely. So I think for that's sure. something that's important to understand. And I think as as this season goes on, you'll probably see more of it. I think after the off season, especially if he's still around, you'll probably see way more of it then still. But I think it's important that. Fans, you and I, we remember that that's not what he comes from. That's not what he understands as of right now, and I think he'll get better as we go. But it is frustrating because of the yeah. stuff that you're alluding to. like I'm with you. Like it, there, it's it's not going to make you win football games, but it does. It, it it shortens the game. It helps you win football games. It's not it going to make it, you win. It, like you it, have to score in the passing game. But it will actually help you do that. It can help you. It doesn't always help you. I think that's the thing. I think like that's the that's the language that's kind of bothering me. Is it can help you. It's not yeah. a assured thing to help you. Like if it was sure. assured to help you, you'd run the ball thirty times. You win the game. Like those would be your first thirty plays, right? We both understand that it's more layered yes, and nuanced. Yeah, it's
0: not that, about right? statistical accumulation of attempts. It's about right. the effect it has on the defense. And like for instance, today, one of the things you can do against super, you know, press coverage where your quick game's getting obliterated is, okay, well, we're going to throw over the top. Well, that doesn't really matter if your safeties are sitting deep to, to prevent that. How do you get the safeties to not sit so deep and open up some of those quick fade type of things that Terry McLaurin called for three weeks ago? Um, well, you run the football effectively. And like, so there's there's a schematic shift that happens when you run, and that that's the thing, right? Um, we've talked about this, and I think this is like the language that we agree on. You don't have to run the football you have to have the threat of running the football hmm. and so if you're effective with it then the threat level is higher but if the other team even if you're effective at it they don't believe you're actually going to do it then that threat disappears and thus the schematic advantage of a team being terrified of giving up five yards a carry is eliminated and that's where i think that they have fallen short not to mention some of the personnel usage where like Chris Rodriguez was starting to roll three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and he has been a ghost ever since. He showed up once on special teams with a sick play last week. Like he hasn't got a carry in like three weeks. And, right. he was, and three weeks ago, we were like, is he the best back on the team? So it's just, I, I think the frustration for me, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, for fans, for whatever. The frustration for me is that there are things that have worked for this team this year and they don't do those things. I know every scheme schematic matchups a little different. Your personnel shifts and changes. I understand every game is not the same, but what they're doing is not working and are not working well enough. And it, and it seems like there's plenty of room for optimization. And I would like to see them take those steps when they seem so readily obvious and available.
1: And I think that's something maybe we could talk about more on Tuesday. But, you know, sure. you made me think, like, what like what have they been doing? Because you said, like, what has worked for them in the past? And the thing that has really been probably the most effective in terms of their offensive production the last two weeks specifically is the quick game, right? Is the quick mm-hmm. game the screens like we talked about. Those were not effective today, right? They were less effective than they have been, right? And there were some opportunities. I think Logan Thomas did a great job with some underneath stuff. Not true quick game, but there were some opportunities there, right? Yeah. And I think that has kind of – everyone said, oh, you know, the screen game is going to supplement the run game. The quick game, the last two weeks has kind of been in my estimation, the supplement for the run game. And so this is where having some flexibility as a play caller would be helpful, because obviously the quick game, like you said, not exactly where you want it to be. What else can we get to? And maybe draws, runs, whatever whatever it looks like, right? But having another tool in the box to get there. And I think that's where kind of broadening the portfolio becomes an effective solution here for the offensive play caller and um and and potentially opens i think seattle you know when i look back at what they did today offensively there were some times where they were having a tough go and they were able to kind of shift oh we're going to hit the play pass that's going to be good for a couple plays oh we're going to hit a couple runs oh we're gonna hit some quick game we're gonna hit some nice slants and that flexibility to kind of bounce between these different offensive modalities yes really makes it challenging to play defense and if you're efficient in all three of those things or, you know, however many you want to kind of quantify here, mm-hmm. it just makes it hard to play defense because all of a sudden you're saying, oh, we gotta, we really got to make sure we have our coverage tilted toward DK. We got to make sure we're helping out Benjamin. And all of a sudden you get popped for 10 yards on two consecutive carries. It's like, well, we got to shift our coverage structure. Let's get in Cinco. You lose coverage guys in the back end. You create true one-on-ones and, and they're able to kind of get out right. of that, get out of an offensive rut. And so I think that's maybe what, what, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just having another tool yeah, no, that's exactly in the what box I'm about. to say, "Hey, like we have quick game for the Giant, we had quick game for Philly, we had quick game for New England. It worked great." They said, "Okay, we're going to take away the quick game. We got long, athletic, fast corners. Let's take that away." What's the next thing to kind of adapt to that? And that can be really challenging in game, uh, you know, because offensively, talking with high-level offensive coordinators, you have a vision for how the game is going. You script your first 15. You, you all these things. You have a prediction. It doesn't go that way what do i then adjust and adapt and then turn to and so i think that'll be really interesting to watch on film this week to kind of see how that all played out
0: yeah um and sometimes you come out of this game being like they did a terrible job they didn't mix it up and you go back and watch the tape you're like actually they tried but they tried, I mean, yeah. the run the run pass splits don't lie that part we know um the question is why and that is what the next podcast is for uh all right that's our, that's this podcast we are done uh thank you so much for watching if you have taken this in live with us at 9 45 PM uh, here on a Sunday night. Uh, Logan and I are going to go return to our families now, uh, but uh, make sure you're subscribed to take Command in the podcast feed. You get the film breakdown coming up on Wednesday morning. And then the preview of the giants, the good news is Logan, the giants are next. The bad news is this team has not had a good time (laughs) with the giants. They are 10 point favorites uh, to open uh, (laughs) because the giants are uh, abysmal. So that's for later in the week. Uh, This is for now. We're done. Thanks for watching and listening. To take a minute.